This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. We start with how the community of Burns Lake has been rocked by shocking allegations against their former mayor. Luke Strimbold is accused of sexual assault in a string of offences. Police now wanting to speak with any other possible alleged victims that haven't yet come forward. Julia Foy reports. In the quiet northern village of Burns Lake, many of its residents are in shock after news broke that former Mayor Luke Strimbold has been charged with 24 counts of sex-related offenses involving minors. Well, it was shocking. Uh, we weren't prepared, and it just came on Friday and just just blew up in our community. It's very sad. Glad he got caught if he's, if he's guilty. Strimbold has been a rising political star in this small community since he was elected in 2011 at the age of 21. Over the next five years, he'll be praised as a tireless leader and was featured in McLean's magazine and BC Business. He's also played a major role in the Liberal Party as membership chair for the Provincial Executive Board. But now, details have emerged that Strimbold is facing criminal charges, including sexual assault, sexual interference, sexual exploitation, and invitation to sexual touching involving a person under the age of 16. The RCMP believe there may be other victims who haven't yet come forward to police. Burns Lake RCMP are asking the public for anyone with information who may have um, witnessed or uh, know of information or themselves are a victim uh, relating to uh, Mr. Strimbold. And if that's the case, they're urging these people to come forward and contact the Burns Lake RCMP, any RCMP detachment for that matter, and certainly Crime Stoppers. Hey, you've reached Luke Strimbold. Please leave a message. Global tried to reach Strimbold as well as the current mayor and council for comment, but no one responded to our requests. As for the B.C. Liberals, leader Andrew Wilkinson was not available, but we were referred back to the statement issued Friday night, which reads, The party became aware of this matter Friday afternoon via social media. Mr. Strimbold has now resigned as a membership chair and as a member of the party. Strimbold is expected back in court next month. Until then, he'll have no contact with anyone under the age of 18 and stay away from parks, playgrounds and places where kids may congregate. Julia Foy, Global News. A deadly crash in Maple Ridge this afternoon. This happened at 210th Street and 128th Avenue around lunchtime. A vehicle going off the road and crashing into a chain link fence that bordered a farmer's field. There were two people inside. The passenger was killed. The road was closed to traffic for several hours. Another crash in South Surrey, this one involving a pickup truck and a car, both colliding at the intersection of 168th Street and 20th Avenue. This was just after 2 o'clock this afternoon. The car ended up in a ditch, firefighters having to use the jaws of life to free two young women inside. So far, no word on the cause. It is believed the victims in this case were not seriously hurt. And a person has been hurt in a motorcycle crash. This also happening in Surrey this afternoon. It happened around 3.30 at 194th Street and 96th Avenue. Both the lanes littered in debris from the crash. The RCMP have closed the road between 192nd and 195th. As they investigate, traffic is being diverted around that scene. The cause of this crash isn't yet known. A renewed effort today to find out what happened to a mother from Vancouver who's been missing now for nearly two months. 37-year-old Su Yi Liang disappeared after failing to pick up her two children from school. Today, a police dive team going back to search the waters of a local park. Nadia Stewart reports. 
heavy police presence at what is typically a quiet Vancouver park. A police dive team in the water, officers on the dock. For those who frequent New Brighton, this is unsettling. It shocked me because I didn't, I don't follow the news, so I didn't know about it. And they said it was a young mother. I'm a mother too. 37-year-old Su Yi Liang disappeared January 8th, reported missing after she did not show up to pick up her kids from school. Surveillance cameras in the area offering the strongest clues yet. Liang's gray electric BMW i3 seen here, driven by someone in the new Brighton parking lot around the time she vanished. It's very important that anybody was in this area on January 8th, just after lunch, and saw Miss Liang's gray 2004 BMW i3. It's a small electric vehicle. It's quite unique. If you saw anybody operating that vehicle or in the area, getting out, walking around the area, give us a call. It's important. Surveillance video was also taken from Liang's neighborhood. Her home searched very early on in the investigation. A man was questioned, but later released. Her disappearance still a mystery as the search stretches into a second month. This is the second time investigators have been here in a matter of weeks. Police dive teams using specialized equipment to help locate and recover evidence. At this point, if anything has been found, police aren't saying anything. Investigators won't say whether new evidence prompted the return to the waters that border New Brighton Park. Those who live in the area say officers arrived early Saturday morning. And police tell Global News they won't be leaving until this area is thoroughly searched. Nadia Stork, Global News. The RCMP in Chilliwack are investigating a stabbing that has sent one man to hospital. Just after midnight at Noel Street near Yale Road, in front of a business, a man was found with stab wounds. He is expected to recover. A suspect fled the scene but was found in Abbotsford a short time later. Charges now pending. Police don't know if this was a random or targeted attack. They do say there is no risk to the public. A local store manager saying that this kind of crime has actually become more common in downtown Chilliwack. We've had 25 incidences here on the perimeter of our property uh, since the year started. And we're documenting all the phone calls that we've had to make and the daily ongoing dealings that we've had to deal with, as in cleaning up messes and congregation of homelessness. So this has been almost a daily occurrence since this year has started. BC salmon farming industry tonight assessing the impact of a decision made just across the border. Washington state senators voting last night to ban Atlantic salmon fish farms from their waters after a huge number of the non-native fish escaped their pens. Paul Johnson has all the details. When more than a quarter million Atlantic salmon escaped from a Washington state fish farm last summer, the fear was ecological damage. Now, the damage is political. Friday, Washington lawmakers passed a bill that will phase out the farming of Atlantic salmon in open water in a matter of years. And this is a huge, huge first step. And uh, I, I really applaud and, and thank Washington State. In B.C., where salmon farming is a much bigger business, opponents have seized on the move as an example of what can and should happen here. They're energized by recent videos that show effluent produced by the industry and government confirmation of a virus they fear could sicken wild salmon. In B.C., our farming practices are totally different. But B.C.'s salmon farmers say their containment and science is more advanced than the operations south of the border. Our members have responsibly invested 
in their operations over the last many years, hundreds of millions of dollars, and this has resulted in a significantly different record on escapes over the last 10 years. The BC Salmon Farm Association says its 6,000 workers produce one of the province's most valuable agricultural products. So any changes made here could have major consequences. Well, it's very interesting, and we've been monitoring what's been going down uh, in Washington since the escape happened. BC's agriculture minister says the NDP government is studying changes to the salmon farm industry, including moving it to land. And while Washington's move is intriguing, it's not going to change the timing in Victoria. Paul Johnson, Global News. An Abbotsford police officer who was facing 10 criminal offences has been given a conditional sentence for breach of trust. Christopher Nelson uh, Nicholson was arrested and charged in 2013 after an eight-month investigation by Vancouver police. Now, he was accused of lying to judges to obtain search warrants and warning a drug dealer when police were coming. He was also alleged to have had drugs sent to the addresses of other dealers and then informing other officers to get a search warrant. Last September, Nicholson pled guilty to a single count of breach of trust. On Friday, he was handed a 17-month conditional sentence, police saying he does remain suspended without pay. Safety concerns on the Coquihalla Highway, including last Sunday's serious multiple vehicle crash, now prompting calls for a higher standard of road maintenance. The mayor of Merritt, Neil Menard, just returned home from Victoria. That is where he met with three NDP cabinet ministers, including the transportation minister. When we went down on Tuesday, uh, all the way down, right from here, right to Hope, uh, we met one... VSA truck or one highway truck uh, going north with the blade up and on both sides of the road you couldn't even see the fog line there was, it was snow covered basically one track going down the road. Menard says the meeting was productive and his concerns about highway maintenance on the Coquihalla were, were received well by Trevina. Menard also noticed a difference from his trip down to the coast and the drive back to Merritt. After the meeting with the minister, we saw six trucks out on the road, plows down with the sanding and the equipment that they have, and one grader. The day after we had the meeting, somebody must have made a phone call. A state memorial service held in Victoria today for former Premier Dave Barrett. He died last month after battling Alzheimer's disease, but today he was remembered for the legacy he left behind. Archie Stanton was there. I see trees of green. When someone lives such a large life, it's funny how it's often the small things that are remembered. Dave dropped by. He was great to do that. And he said, hey, I guess we had some work to do. The stories flowed on Saturday at the official state memorial for Dave Barrett, BC's first NDP premier from 1972 to 75. <laughs> He was known for his tough exterior and gentle heart. They take me aside and I look around and I say, you know, Dave? A master orator with a sense of humor only matched by his sense of fairness. He would say to me, Mark, all I want to do is make life a little better for most people. Many would argue he achieved that and then some. In his three and a half years in office, his party passed an unheard of 367 bills, which included the creation of the Agricultural Land Reserve, ICBC, Pharmacare, 
and the first province-wide ambulance service. You know, he was our Tommy Douglas in B.C. He was our Willie Brandt. He was our, uh, he was our great leader. Everyone was touched by him, inspired by him, and felt that they could do things when they got into government because of him. But he was also an amazing dad. The only thing he loved more than this province was his family. Just a dad. Just a dad who loved all of us and each one of us equally. The ideas and the ideals and the accomplishments remain. This government intends to carry on that work, honoring what Barrett started. A legacy that will never be seen again. A legacy that we cannot thank him and his family enough for. All of us were touched by Dave Barrett. He has surely earned his rest. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria. In other news tonight, some men showing how the Me Too and Time's Up movement is having an impact here in Vancouver. A group of men getting together at a downtown Eastside community centre today for the How Will I Change conference. The event is meant to show that violence against women is also a men's issue and that everyone needs to be held accountable for their words and actions so that no one is abused. It's one thing to think about that that happens to other people. I think the message today is that it actually... This kind of behavior is actually it's normal, normal everyday sexism. We all do it as men. And getting together as guys, you know, 100 guys are inside here on a sunny winter day. Uh, clearly, there's a desire to learn new behaviors and be accountable to the women in their lives. All right, a bit of a travel warning if you're planning to get in and out of Surrey this weekend. Scott Road between Old Yale Road and 110th Avenue is closed until 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Uh, this is all happening to allow crews to replace the Scott Road railway crossing. There are transit detours that are in effect. Still ahead tonight, the latest on a storm that has slammed the East Coast. At least eight people are dead, hundreds of thousands of Americans left in the dark. And how a BC Hydro crew came to the rescue of a deer stuck on an icy Okanagan lake. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Welcome back. Well, questions tonight over a weapon that has been found on Vancouver Island. Uh, it was a rifle that was turned over to the Nanaimo RCMP late last month. It was found in some bushes in the 3000 block of Jingle Pot Road. Investigators believing that the Savage Model 11 bolt action rifle was deliberately placed there. No one has reported a stolen rifle to police. If you believe it is yours, you are being asked to call Nanaimo RCMP. A daring rescue effort to share with you now. Earlier this week, a young deer fell through the ice on Okanagan Lake near Vernon. It turns out a BC Hydro crew passing by spotted the deer struggling just in the nick of time. As Jules Knox of Global Okanagan reports, what happened next was all caught on camera. It was an unusual rescue on Okanagan Lake. Mike Vasconcellos was fixing a barge when a couple of men flaked him down for help. Some guys from Hydro came down and told us that they had seen a deer fall through the ice about a kilometre down the beach. So Vasconcellos and his co-workers boated down to help the animal. We had some rope in the boat, so I managed to wrap her up with some rope and pull her in. And she was pretty tired. She wasn't fighting very much at that point. So once we got her in, we tied her legs just so that we weren't going to get kicked. But their path to shore was blocked by ice. So Chris Burden, in another boat, came to the rescue. So I just cranked the wheel and accelerated and took out the ice to shore and then backed out and they came in with the boat and uh, they really hit the deer up on shore. 
Vasconcellos suspects the young deer was chased onto the lake by a coyote. He says there were tracks in the area. The men estimate the animal had been in the water for at least half an hour. Her eyes were kind of rolling backwards, and she was kind of uh, wasn't moving too well. I honestly didn't think she was going to make it. She'd been in there for a little while, so we left her to calm down um, once we had her wrapped up in some blankets. The men gave her some space to avoid causing any more distress, and when they went back to check on her, she was up and walking around. It was a great feeling. I mean, uh, I think. <laughs> I've known Mike for a while now, and I don't think I've seen a, a smile that big on someone's face. It, uh, you know, it just made everyone's day. Burden says she took off up a hill and into the woods. As for her name... Lucky, maybe. <laughs> Jules Knox, Global News, Vernon. Staying with animals tonight, no limits to what a mother bear will do to protect her cub, even going as far as standing up to a tiger. <laughs> Uh, this fight all caught on video during a tourist safari inside a national park in India. The group leader says the tiger was cooling off in some water when the bear and her cub showed up. That led to this showdown. Both animals reportedly sustaining injuries in the fight, which went on for nearly 15 minutes. Not sure whether we should have warned you about that ahead of time. Some people get a bit squeamish about that kind of stuff. But, you know, that is reality TV right there. Exactly. That's the real world. It happens. Yeah. Don't mess with a bear. We should know that. Well, the tiger, the tiger did all right, too. I mean, yeah. Four and a seven. I mean, I think that, that'd be close series. Yeah. See, mm. that's, as humans, we're not, yeah. yeah. That's the improvement in civilization, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, what's happening with weather today, Yvonne? Um, it ended up being quite beautiful, especially for the afternoon. We did start off with uh, some fog this morning. It was patchy, uh, but we have managed to see some beautiful sunny breaks. A bit of a change is on the way for tomorrow, but it's fantastic out there. We're just before the sunset this evening. We will see a few breaks in the cloud, but we are tracking some snowfall if you're heading into the interior along the mountain passes, and we could see some wet flurries for higher elevations. I'll have more on the timing and when we'll see the return for more sunshine coming up shortly. Oh yeah, the sunshine was nice today. It was. It felt like spring today. Yeah. Nice. Nice change. Uh, What's going on? Well, uh, it'd be great to play a soccer game today, Mm -hmm. although the White Cats play tomorrow. They're going to have a huge crowd there, so we're going to uh, set that up. They made so many changes uh, over the offseason, the White Cats did 11 new guys in, so we'll look ahead to that. And uh, Toronto FC, who won the MLS season last year, championship Played their openers. We'll have highlights of that and lots of hockey, of course, on a usual Saturday night coming sure. up, too. All right, good stuff. Uh, so stay with us for that. Plus, uh, in terms of news, the desperate search for those trapped after an avalanche at a California ski resort. We'll get you the latest on that. Plus, a freight train derails via rail passenger service between Montreal and Toronto. The latest on that, too. Welcome back. Well, Via Rail has cancelled all passenger travel between Montreal and Toronto tonight after a freight train derailment in eastern Ontario. That, cr- that crash all caught on camera. Uh, luckily, no one was hurt. No dangerous goods were spilled either. The two cars were carrying paper when the westbound train derailed near Kingston this afternoon. Hundreds of Via Rail passengers are now stranded along the line. Via says it is doing its best to accommodate everybody. An investigation is underway into the cause of a massive fire at a construction site in a Toronto suburb. 
Firefighters arriving to flames shooting out of a four-story building in Mississauga after 10 o'clock last night. The huge size of the fire prompting officials to evacuate nearby homes. Also closing nearby streets as well. Uh, they have also disconnected power to the neighborhood. A neighboring senior's home was damaged. No one was hurt. Now investigators trying to determine how this was caused. A deadly powerful storm is hammering the U.S. northeast coast tonight, leaving millions in the dark. Thousands of flights have been canceled. Officials now telling us that at least eight people have died. In Massachusetts, a state of emergency tonight, seeing no relief from the vicious nor'easter. Residents along the coast battling wind and water. This is the worst I think I've ever seen it. You can't get in, you can't get out. Parts of Quincy still totally cut off. The National Guard carrying people to safety. At four months pregnant, Nicole Doyle is relieved to get her kids and dog out. It's extremely cold in our house and we have no way to heat it. And it was getting to where we're shivering and they were getting freaked out. Cold is the problem for so many now. Along the East Coast, 1.3 million are still without lights and heat. How cold is it inside there? Very cold. Like 85-year-old Marilyn Taylor, trapped in her home, her daughter didn't know how to get her out. When I got here, she was just freezing and hungry. She hadn't eaten anything and she couldn't light the stove. So she hitched a ride with us to a shelter. I tried to stick it out, but I was done. Others walked along high ground to get gas for generators as the storm surge pushed in for a third time. So we're approaching another high tide here, and as you can see, the water coming back over this seawall and once again spilling into the streets here. We've actually got to get going or we're going to get stuck out here as well. At least eight deaths are now blamed on the storm, largely due to trees crushing homes and cars. The dangerous wind ripping through houses like this one outside Philadelphia, where thankfully no one was injured. In New Jersey, a woman was rescued today by paramedics after a tree fell on her while she was walking her dog. Downed power lines in Connecticut, causing even more outages. And on the Yale campus, a garage partially collapsed due to wind. While back in Quincy, a community struggles to recover. Everybody's been really helpful, and this is a great community here. Heart-stopping moments captured on tape as rescuers worked to save people hit by an avalanche in California. Snow came crashing down on five people yesterday afternoon. This is at the Squaw Valley Ski Resort. Skiers and snowboarders who witnessed the slide frantically digged, searching for those buried in that heavy snow. Two people were hurt, one of them seriously. Many of them say it could have been a lot worse. And in the UK, people are dealing with one of the country's biggest snowstorms in nearly three decades Airports are slowly getting back to normal today, but flood warnings have now been issued because of the already melting snow. Snowdrifts in Scotland were reported to be up to three metres deep. Despite weather warnings being lifted, officials are still urging travellers to stay cautious. Some sad news tonight. If you were a fan of the hit TV show MASH, one of its stars has passed away. Hello, I'm Dr Winchester, and your name is... Would that be with one M or two? Course. Yeah, David Ogden Steers played uh, Major Charles Winchester for seven seasons on the popular show, earning two Emmy nominations for his role as that pompous but lovable surgeon. He also went on to voice the character of Cogsworth in Disney's Beauty and the Beast a bit later on as well, but passed away at his home in Oregon after a battle with bladder cancer. He was 75 years old. 
Now, it's tough to deal with diabetes, but some patients can also struggle with a type of eating disorder. More now on a condition that is called diet bulimia. Heather Stuckey has been living with type 1 diabetes since she was 12 years old. The 48-year-old never thought that diagnosis would spiral into a serious eating disorder. I had a natural force within me that could just melt away the calories. It's called diabulimia, when diabetics manipulate the insulin they're taking to shed pounds. It was such a secret, because I thought, oh, this is kind of cool in a way. Look, I can do this, and nobody knows about it, and I can get away with it. And look, I can lose weight. I had no idea that this was an eating disorder. Allison Alderman is regional manager of the Renfrew Center, where Heather recently went through treatment. Without this insulin, basically that sugar in the blood stays in the blood and it kind of spills out into the urine rather than being used as energy. Alderman says that can lead to serious health risks, including high glucose levels, thinking problems, muscle loss, and infections. With diabulimia, you can get dehydrated, um, severe weight loss, cramping. Um, you can also see kidney damage. Heather says she still struggles with her body image. When I look in the mirror now, I see Let's try to take care of ourselves. You know, let's try to do the best we can today to be healthy. She says she focuses on eating right and managing her diabetes. Nikki Batiste, CBS News, Baltimore, Maryland. Still ahead tonight, when you get hit by freezing weather, what to do with, with all of that? The Netherlands showing us how it's done. Stay with us for that. That's up in a couple of minutes. Welcome back. Well, several parts of Europe are battling a fierce winter storm right now, but some people in one European country are making the best of it. Ice skaters in the Netherlands lacing up and taking to frozen canals for a bit of winter fun. This is how you do it. Uh, weather warnings are in place through most of the country. The ice impacting travel on the roads as well. That ice is expected to start thawing by tomorrow. All right. And also in other news today before, or are we going to get to weather now? Should we get... We're going to do weather now. Yes, Yvonne, I will tell you about this BC man who is up for an Oscar award tonight. So who knows? It could be a win for us. Excellent. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Okay. As we shift gears, it was fantastic today. We managed to see some breaks. We're just at the end of the sunset. Officially, it was just before 6 this evening. We will see dry conditions continuing across the south coast. We do have a bit of a blip in the forecast for tomorrow. And I'll outline what that means in just a moment. We're currently sitting at 5 degrees out of the airport with a very calm wind. Temperatures today topped out closer to a high of 7, where the average for this time of the year sits at 9. And record-wise, 14 degrees on this day was set back in 1937. A very happy birthday this evening to both Harold Nielsen from Cranbrook celebrating 100 and a very happy birthday to Flo Teasdale from Maple Ridge celebrating 102. So congratulations to you both and a very happy birthday. Back to the numbers and what we're looking at. Uh, here's a glance for West Van currently sitting at 4. The airport at 5 degrees. Burnaby at 4. We'll see temperatures closer to 2 for most areas and hovering the freezing mark for eastern sections. Your current temperature for Trois 
Boston sitting at 6 degrees. Stretching into the valley for Chilliwack at 3 and areas near Hope already sitting at 2. Victoria with your current temperature at 5 and Tofino currently sitting at 7 degrees. We do have some cloud cover that is going to work its way in towards the area, but this trough is also bringing in the instability where we could even see a few isolated showers for tomorrow and higher elevations could see the potential for a few wet flurries before it does start to ease off. It'll be late in the day and then interior sections will start to see that increase in cloud cover and snow developing for many areas or wet flurries. The bulk of the moisture though for the interior this evening will be for higher elevations. If you're traveling along any of the mountain passes, these are some of the numbers that will be for this evening all the way in through the day for tomorrow. For the Coquihalla, hope to merit between 5 and up to 10 centimeters. Allison Pass between 2 to 5. Rogers Pass 4 to 8 centimeters and along the sea of sky it will be flurries but a few spots will see that accumulating snowfall between 2 to 4 centimeters. The piece, the big weather story for the northern half of the province, the wind chill overnight and for the early morning, feeling closer to minus 25. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Just have something in my throat. No, it's okay. Here we go. Whitehorse, risk of frostbite with the wind chill at minus 27. Coastal sections. I'll just flip through a couple more of the graphics. Hold on. Let you find your region. We're going to get you some water. Thank you. There you go. It All right. We're going to swig of water and hopefully you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, All right. pull out of this. There we go. The Thompson Okanagan. Thank you so much, Sonia. Just had something in my throat that caught on. All right, we are going to see some flurries developing once again for the evening hours for tomorrow. And then a clearing will be on the way late in the day. Most areas near Whistler, we could see a chance of flurries. And once again, if you're heading along the sea to sky, it's up to two and four centimeters. For the island, wet flurries will be for higher elevations. At temperatures tomorrow will be at nine. We could see an isolated shower across Metro Vancouver. Most areas should remain dry. But we are going to see more of a clearing on the way late in the day on Monday. And then plenty of sunshine and we'll warm up Tuesday, Wednesday with highs of 9 and 10 degrees. Tomorrow, though, looks like we'll see some breaks in the cloud. Sonia, and thanks for the water. Oh, you, well, listen, thank you for getting through that. Perils of live television, Yvonne. Uh, thank you. All right, go rest up. Uh, the film industry is getting ready for the Oscars tomorrow night and a man from B.C. could be walking away with a win. Joel Whist grew up in Kamloops. He is nominated for his work on the film War for the Planet of the Apes. To say the film is packed with movie magic is an understatement. War for the Planet of the Apes transforms human actors into on-screen primates in a groundbreaking piece of creativity. One thing that is important about this movie is that the dovetailing between the practical and the CG is seamless. Uh, that's one of the reasons why it's being recognized. Joel Whist, born and raised in Kamloops, is one of the people behind the special effects wizardry, and he's being honored for it. The blockbuster film nominated for Best Visual Effects at the 90th Annual Academy Awards. I was excited, of course. Blown away, actually. It's a big deal. It's something I'm not used to. Two hours and 20 minutes, and all but just a few shots include visual effects. But Wist and his team worked well beyond digitally created apes, specializing in what he likes to call old-school effects. What I do is the practical side, which is the fire, the explosions, the rain, the snow. Wist's mom supported his passion by giving him comics, magazines, and books on special effects. From there, he eventually moved to Vancouver to pursue his dream. He's known for his work in Godzilla, Batman vs. Superman, BFG, and Man of Steel. 
With each new story, there's new exciting elements to create. In War for the Planet of the Apes, that was snow. But shooting six weeks in the middle of a wet Vancouver winter wasn't easy. All the snow that we put down was fake. We couldn't use traditional snow techniques. We had to use uh, crushed dolomite. You see. This is the third installment in the Planet of the Apes reboot series. Joel Wist says the Oscar nomination feels surreal, but hopes 35 years of hard work will mean hitting the biggest stage in Hollywood. Good luck to him. We're all rooting for him. Coming up next, Barry has got details about the Whitecaps kicking off a new season tomorrow. Plus, these police officers taking a plunge for a good cause. Why they chose to got so cold this morning. Stay with us. Very surprised. An $85 parking fine for a vehicle no longer registered to her. And a big fight to right the wrong. Impark was unwilling to communicate with Sylvia at all. Consumer Matters, Monday on Global News Hour at 6. All right, so let's catch up with the day sport now on Whitecaps. I'm very excited because a Brit, has, another Brit has joined. Yes, well, yeah. it's not often you get guys from the uh, English uh, Premiership. Right. Yeah. Much, yeah. much is his name. <laughs> Jordan Much. Yeah. Part of the new uh, Whitecaps. Thanks so much, Sonia. The uh, Whitecaps do kick off their 2018 MLS season tomorrow, 3 o'clock at BC Place against the Montreal Impact. The Caps are expecting a record crowd, and fans will definitely need a program for the opener. The Whitecaps have turned over half their roster, making 11 changes. They felt they needed to get a little more creative in the midfield to deal with the top teams, and you have to give them credit they have gone out and made some bold moves. Time will tell if they were the right moves, but the Caps are eager to take that next step and become a legitimate MLS Cup contender. We reflected in the off-season. Uh, I evaluated with my staff and I made changes. And now we've got different players with different characteristics that we believe in big games at key moments will be able to uh, alter the course of games because we didn't have anyone that was able to grab the game by the scruff of the neck or able to do something different last year. We had some really, really good players uh, who made things happen, but in those key moments, we didn't. You know, this year, hopefully, we have. We know we need to score. Now we have many forwards. There is a, a lot of different type of forwards as well, so we can mix the game. And I think that hopefully this year we can make it. All right, the MLS season uh, kicked off today. Defending champs Toronto FC starting their 2018 campaign against the Columbus Crew. Late first half, Federico Higuain with the great ball there to get past the Toronto keeper. Got a piece of it, but it's in, and Columbus get on the board first. And then opening minute of the second half, former LA Galaxy star Giasi Zardes with the goal and the Crew Stunned Toronto FC 2-0 in the season opener. EPL Saturday, Liverpool and 40th minute. Who else for Liverpool but Mohamed Salah. He scores all the big goals for Liverpool. And that one, but sneaky between the keeper's legs. 1-0 Liverpool and then early in the second half, they'll get one more. Sadio Mane will convert from the box and it's 2-0 and that was the final they are now into second for the time being past United Manchester United who play Crystal Palace on Monday Huddersfield pulling into Wembley to face Tottenham haven't beaten uh, them since 1956 27th minute 
Deli Ali to Son Hung Min. Son with the slick move. Great patience there. 14th of the year. And it's 1-0 Spurs. Second half. Harry Kane didn't score, but beautiful cross here for Song for his second of the night. And 2-0 the final Spurs. Tottenham in fourth. They are now five up on Chelsea, who play tomorrow. Opening day of the Briar from Regina. BC represented by Sean Geel of Kelowna. Tough opening draw against the defending champs. From Newfoundland, Brad Gushu representing Team Canada this year at the Briar. Second end. And Gushu showing his poise. Nice little tap back there for four. And right now, Canada leads BC 4-1 in the sixth. Third round of the WGC Mexico from Mexico City. That's Adam Hadwin, the only Canadian in the field of 64. Lined up for the putt. He, he couldn't be firing it further away from the hole, but that's read perfectly. Like a 90-degree turn, a great putt by Adam. Four under 67. He's at five under, tied for 21st. Phil Mickelson in the hunt again this week. Lefty at age 47 now with the beautiful tee shot on the par 3 seventh to about seven feet. Made the birdie. Phil is in second place. Two off the lead. Hasn't won for a few years, though. Justin Thomas was the big mover and shaker today. Nine under 62, including this eagle on the 320-yard par-4 first, Thomas Forback, but his 21-year-old Shubankar Sharma of India, who continues to lead the way, this birdie on 14, is, gets him to 13 under par, two-shot lead. He's playing his first-ever WGC event, and he just might win it. He's got the 54-hole lead. Still to come, a look back at the Canucks' overtime loss last night against Nashville, and the Capitals and Leafs are playing outdoors tonight at the United States Naval Academy in Washington. We'll check in when we come back. Serious accusations. He put his hands down my pants and fondled my genitals. Five years old. Yeah. That a local school failed to protect the victim and others. Monday on Global News Hour at 6. Welcome back. The Canucks have the weekend off. They don't play again until Monday when the Islanders pay a visit. The Canucks played another very solid game last night against one of the best in the league, but they couldn't hold 2-0 and 3-2 leads and eventually lost to Nashville 4-3 in overtime, but not for a lack of trying. The Canucks had a very strong start. They've actually played Nashville pretty tough this season, and they got the opening goal on the power play. Bo Horvat tipping the Alex Edler shot, and with that assist... Edler passed Matthias Olin for most points by a Canucks defenseman and Horvat with 18 goals. He, don't forget he's missed 18 this year. Had he not missed those games, I think he'd be at least a shoe-in for 30. And Brandon Sutter scored a beauty on a backhander to make it 2-0. Mike Fisher came out of retirement first game last night, and he scored for Nashville. He'll be a big part of their playoff stretch run. Daniel Sedin... Gets another here. He's been on a big tear. Makes it 3-2 Canucks on his 21st. But Nashville tied it late and then won it in overtime on this Cali Yarncroft goal. Seventh straight win for the Preds. They're going to be a tough business in the playoffs. Canucks, another tough overtime loss. We play well, really well. Uh, it's a game we should have won, I, I believe. In. Uh, but it, it's a good team over there. They... Uh, they never give up. They keep playing the, the right way the, for 60 minutes, and uh, they were they were in it the whole time. So there was uh, 
overtime maybe was, was fair and in overtime anything can happen. The Leafs and the Caps outdoors at the U.S. Naval Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. High winds threatened to postpone this game, but it went as planned. The Leafs in their splendid white unis with the white pants. They almost blend right into the ice. Where are they? Just see blue stripes. Alex Ovechkin, 40th of the year, leads the NHL ninth time he has reached the 40-goal plateau. And then Nick Backstrom will tap one in here. Capitals have been the better team. They lead it 5-2 in the second. Check out some Canadians and Bruins. They've played each other over 900 times in their rich history. How about Brendan Gallagher having a great year? Former Vancouver Giant picks off the pass, snaps home his 23rd. That goal held up until very late in the third on a power play. The rookie Jake DeBrusque with the deflection pass to Antti Niemi, who was very heroic until that point, tied it at one. And then in overtime, Canadians just looked out of gas. Brad Marchand with the wraparound and squeezes it through Niemi for the game winner. And Boston wins yet again, 2-1 over the Canadians. Blackhawks and Kings, Chicago won't make the playoffs, but L.A. right in the middle of the fight in the Pacific Division. Third period, 2-1 L.A., but... The Blackhawks rally. Artem Anisimov from the slot makes it 3-2. Then four minutes later, Vinny Hinestroza will sneak one past Jonathan Quick. Ties it up 3-3. And then late on the power play, Chicago completes the comeback. Jonathan Taves walks in, gets it through Quick. 4-3, they add an empty netter. Big win for the Hawks, I suppose. 5-3, they're not going anywhere, but the Kings... Tough loss. They fall 5-3. Blues and Stars. St. Louis on the outside looking in right now in the Western playoff picture. Late third. Stars down a goal, but they tied up. Jamie Benshot goes wide, but it's centered out front. And Alex Radulov, the former half, ties it at two. And then in overtime, Tyler Sagan, who set up Radulov there, sets up Jamie Benn for the game winner. And Dallas beat St. Louis 3-2. And Canada and Chile finishing up their schedule in the America's Rugby Championship in South America today. Canada favored to win against the winless Chileans. Kenoa Lloyd takes in the first try of the game for Canada. They led 8-0, led 22-3 at the half. And then in the second half, Andrew Ferguson with the chip and gets the Canadian bounce right there. He's taken down short of the goal line, but flips to Cole Davis for the try. Canada win 33-17. They finish at 2-3. and three. Chile was 0-5. Meanwhile, Canada's men in Vegas for the Rugby Sevens went 1-2 and two in pool play, but they did win over uh, Spain just now, 21-14, so they'll play Scotland in the semis tomorrow. That's it for sports. We're back right after this. Here's a look at your snow report. Whistler Blackcomb with a base of 322. Grouse 454, Cypress 424, Sasquatch with 23 new centimeters of snow and a base of 404. Revelstoke with a base of 266, Manning Park 226, Powder King 285, and Mount Washington 243. Big White with a base of 315, Silver Star with 16 new centimeters of snow and a base of 277, Sun Peaks 237, Apex 292. All right, finally tonight, if you've ever wanted to see a bunch of police officers freezing their bits off, here you go. (laughs) The third annual polar plunge for the BC Special Olympics has happened at Kitts Beach in partnership with the Law Enforcement Torch Run. 
Officers charging into the ocean along with corporate teams and students. The Special Olympics providing year-round training to more than 4,600 athletes from BC. Supporting our Special Olympic athletes is a huge cause and we're right behind it. Oh yeah, it's great. I love it. It's surprising though, the coldest part is actually afterwards when you come out and you're standing in the cold air. <laughs> this is uh, one of the, the, the most uh, noble causes I can think of. Uh, we're, uh, we're doing things to make it better for the vulnerable in our society. Those nice. guys haven't run that much uh, since back in their training days. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for watching. We'll see you back tonight at 11.